Hey, what's going on, folks? Ty here, Breaker Culture. And look, we had such a good time and great response from you after we posted last week's episode one of The Mint Condition that after listening to episode two this week, I thought, you know what? I want to make sure we're getting enough ears on the great content coming out from the guys in The Mint Condition. So I'm posting episode two today. They have, they have an awesome panel on the uh, on the discussion today, and if you are at all intrigued by the world of NBA Top Shot and sports card NFTs, then you need to listen to this episode. It is highly entertaining. Uh, I will warn you, there is a little bit of language in it. So uh, if you got your kids around, there'll be a couple. Uh, there'll be a couple profanities in there. I did not remove, and I just posted this thing in its entirety. So you'll have to forgive me for that. But I wanted to give you a fair warning up front, but. Overall, it's just a fascinating conversation, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Episode two of The Mint Condition. If you want, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to the YouTube version of this. You can see the video content. This is really created with YouTube in mind, and we're just extracting and creating a podcast version of this. So for the more fuller experience, go to YouTube, and you'll be able to see the faces, the video, the, the kind of the interactivity that uh, it's hard to pick up sometimes when you're listening on a podcast, but Otherwise, enjoy Mint Condition, episode two. Hello and welcome to the episode number two of The Mint Condition. I am Joe, alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Chad. Chad, how you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic today, uh, Joe. I can't believe we're on episode two. <laughs> I, I can't believe it I'm calling you like Joe. A year. Feels um, like a year. Um we also have our, our third host with us today, uh, the amazing Dez. Dez is our data uh, data guru, so he's going to be providing <laughs> us with he's going to be providing us with some awesome data around Top Shot and the marketplace, which is a very um, sometimes overwhelming uh, place to be if you're just getting started into Top Shot. So we're going to do our best to kind of walk you through some of those things to look for, where you might find some value. And that's all going to come from our boy, Des. Des, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, so it feels like it's been a couple of years and it's only been two episodes. So a lot of work goes into the show. I know you guys work your butts off and uh, appreciate it. So I'm happy to be on, happy to impart any wisdom I can try to to give to the group here. Like you said, it can be a lot in the marketplace, especially if you're just joining now. So it's always good to have a little extra info. Absolutely. And Des, what's your what's your background? How'd you find Top Shot versus and and things like that? Sure. It's a it's a long way in. Started in crypto for probably many of us, you know. Um, and the way I got into crypto was actually I was just doing some sports gambling. Always loved sports gambling and the out the yeah as old as options. <laughs> Oh, of course. I mean, that's how we all get into this G-Gen mode. Um, but no, I was I was looking at the uh, the ways I could withdraw the money from the, the site because, you know, obviously I want a whole bunch of money. But um, <laughs> so so I was trying to figure out whether I wanted to just cash out or take it into crypto. And it seemed easier to go into crypto. So I thought, OK, great, great opportunity to get into that. And it just slowly started to, to roll. And, uh, you know, I think it was pacing, you know, very, very basic stuff, you know, Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin. And then about in March when the pandemic hit, I thought, all right, I'm sitting on a little bit of cash. Where can I invest that? What, what different markets can I diversify in? 
started looking at cryptos, started putting a little bit into the stock market, things like airline companies and stuff. And it, you know, it was just great timing. And so that took off, it piqued my interest. Uh, just like Jack will probably talk about sports cards. He's been probably a longer term collector than I have, but I got back into it in June uh, of last year. And, you know, it's been a wild ride there. Crazy ride. It actually hasn't been nearly as crazy as Top Shot, but it's <laughs> been um, it's been great. So I did that for about six months, really learned the ins and outs of the sports card business, did a little bit of flipping, realized you can make a nice bit of profit. And then I was driving to work, listening to one of my sports uh, card podcasts. I can't even remember if it was Breaker Weekly or if it was um, if it was Mojo Break. It was one of those. And I live by this kind of rule of three. I heard it a couple of years ago on a podcast, uh, how I built this. But basically, if you ever are in your day and you hear something three times, it's kind of like the world's way of reaching out to say, focus on this. So I, w I woke up, drove to work, listened to the podcast. They were kind of making fun of Top Shot, saying how it's just... <laughs> how it's probably a gimmick was, or whatnot. It probably was Mojo. <laughs> it probably was Mojo. They were making fun of it. And then, um, and then, so that was the first time. Then my buddy from Georgia just randomly texted me and said, hey, have you heard about this thing called Top Shot? And of course, that was number two. And then I'm going home looking for a new podcast uh, to listen to. And I stumbled upon the first minute. So that was my crazy intro crash course, 24 hours in late January and been hooked ever since. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of us are going to have similar stories, right? So, um, and then we have an awesome guest with us today. Our first real guest on uh, on episode two. We are uh, honored to have Jack Settleman with us. Jack, thank you very much for joining us. Jack is the founder of Snapback Sports. So, Jack, you have a really interesting story, and I, I wanted to have you on. Um, I've heard you on a bunch of different podcasts and things le lately. Um, you know, both sports cards and Top Shot. You guys have uh, Club Top Shot, which is your YouTube show, which is really cool as well. And and I think, you know, for our audience here, we're trying to bridge the gap between, you know, the physical collectibles and, and digital and the whole NFT space and sports cards and things like that. So I wanted to uh, have you on, share your story. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, let's hear a little bit about your background. You can start kind of um, with your, you know, you've you've had a really interesting um, run with just even starting back with social media. And how does that bring you from there to sports cards? You were at Dallas this weekend, right? Yeah. How was it? It was fun. It was my first ever card show. So uh, the, the backstory is, I built a company on social media because I like that level of engagement. I think there were a lot of tools that kind of made that available to me. So I built Snapback Sports up over the past three, three and a half years. Um, I've been, I love Bitcoin. I love decentralization. I love the theory behind all of that. I, my first job was at Action Network. So sports betting is kind of ingrained in me. Um, and then uh, the, when COVID hit, I, you know, I've been following Gary V for a while. So that kind of piqued my interest. My, one of my good friends actually mentioned physical cards to me, you know, a year prior to COVID even coming. And I probably should have looked into it more then, but uh, it wasn't as accessible. There wasn't content around it, right? You really had to go search 
high and low for a, a good community. Whereas once March kind of hit and people were bored at home and this entire craze blew up, it became more available. I was lucky enough to get in like March, April, instead of a lot of people jumped in Ju July, August, which still I'm sure they made out very nicely. But that was that. And then the real turning point, or at least my interest in Top Shot was I had actually signed up for Top Shot's beta, like whenever they first released it, because social media, crypto, MBA, it's like what I do kind of. So it was a perfect blend of that. So I checked it out a couple of times. And I didn't get it. And I was collecting physical cards at the time. And I still just did not understand it. So when I um, was trying to buy and flip Michael Porter Jr. base prisms in the bubble, and I bought them for 20 and they got up to 100 bucks. But by the time I had them listed and could sell them, they were back to 20. I was like, there's some major flaws here. On top of that, I sent a ton of messy Ronaldo stuff and other stuff for grading. And I sent Express. So it was really expensive. And my stuff still came back two months later. While it was there, cards I had went from, you know, 500 bucks to three grand back to 500 just while sitting at PSA, right? So I'm like, there's some issues here. I see one more tweet for, about Top Shot. I'm like, all right, I really got to try this out. And once it clicks for you, you know, it clicks, right? And I just had a ton of conviction at that point where it made so much sense to me, kept learning. And the coolest part about the NFT community, which I found similar in physical cards too, was like people want you to be involved. So they'll take time and teach you no matter. Um, so my first experience is like DMing on Twitter with Pranksy. And like Pranksy's like That's the crazy. NFT <laughs> kid, right? Uh, and, and I always use the example of like, I live in New York. I can't go find the top real estate agent in New York and get a 30 minute conversation. He would never say, you know, they would never accept that. Whereas Pranksy's kind of going back and forth with me in the DMs. Then you head to Discord and, you know, your world's open from there. Yeah, isn't that, I mean, I think that's really interesting. One, it's so funny how uh, at least I, I think all three of us, me, you, and Des have almost an identical path to how we got here, uh, whether it's even just getting into crypto, because I came the same way. I was a sports better, and I came into crypto that way. And then I found, I mean, rekindled my love for physical cards when my buddy got me into breaking. And that was, you know, that's a whole different style of gambling. And uh, yeah. then, you know, you go into it really deep and you're grading cards and all that stuff. And then, uh, but I think you're right. But as far as the gaps between uh, what is flawed about maybe some of the physical stuff, but, and this being kind of a little bit of the solution to that. Um, and then Chad, I mean, you're, you're, a, you're crypto guy through and through hundred percent. And I mean, you've heard these stories how many times, right? <laughs> so many. It's, it's good to get them from a different perspective. Um, but I'll tell you what, since you started breaking, uh, I don't know. Was it a year ago? Yeah. A little over a year. Um, I've been watching, I've been, you know, trying to, uh, trying to pay attention. I don't have many friends. So <laughs> my one friend, he he's into this. I'm like, well, I should, I should figure out what's happening with this. And I've been watching a lot of like, uh, like break, like pack breaks and stuff. Yeah. Uh -huh. And lately, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I don't know what company, I don't know if it's like Panini or whatever, but there are these basketball cards, like these real basketball cards, uh, that have these, um, you have to redeem the autographed card. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they, they're mm -hmm. called redemptions. redemption. Redemption cards. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I've been watching these Kobe ones. So like, I, I guess redemption cards is like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a redemption card is like somebody would get them signed after the fact. 
like after you've redeemed it. So obviously can't do that with Kobe anymore. So now they've been giving out these like uh, Kobe packs. The Kobe tribute packs. Yeah. I, I'm like, I got to get me one of these. They're, they're, they're terrific. <laughs> Dude, those are reselling for like $1,000 a pack. Does it's not shock day. me one bit. Does not shock uh, me one bit. But yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been getting into it. I totally get where you guys are coming from now. I'm involved. That's funny. So, uh, so Jack, when you, um, first, so when was it that you finally got made the move to Top Shot uh, and went all in? Because I did, I had a similar story where I actually had my account, my Top Shot account, in October, and yeah. my thing was I wasn't a huge NBA guy at the time. So, like, my interests were. If, if this was an MLB NFT platform, I would have been all in from the start and I probably would have been, you know, paper uh, top shot rich. But so it took me a little while to get into top shot because of the NBA piece. And uh, so, you know, I think all three of us have had that, you know, one, two, three times and really it clicks. When when was that uh, from a time frame? How early did you get into that? So I didn't really dive in until early December. That's when it all clicked for me. And I started buying and, you know, there were packs available on the site and stuff wasn't as crazy as it is now. And I just started engaging with the community. And I think the growth was like from 5,000 to 8,000 members, right, in the Discord, which wow. at the time, that's a lot. Like that's a 60% almost increase. Um, and then when it hit 10K around Christmas, I'm like, I can feel the momentum. And then you started to see like, I think we did a million dollars in a day at some point. It was just like, oh my God, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so at that point, it was right before New Year's. Um, I was trying to buy, like, people don't even understand what it was like. Literally three months ago, Usman, who's like a community lead, was negotiating and refereeing transactions. So I would yeah. like, like, I bought my LeBron Cosmic <laughs> off platform. Like, I sent Bitcoin and they sent it to Usman. And like, that was they understood the value in like not even putting stuff on the marketplace. So I was trying to buy, I undersent the Bitcoin cause I sent it in USD and the exchange rate had changed. Uh, and I missed out on a cosmic and like, it was just that feeling of FOMO of like, okay, I get it now. Like someone just tried to buy this as I was trying to buy it. The attention is there. Um, and then by the, so I bought a bunch of stuff right before new year's. Then the week after um, I dumped a ton more in, and then three weeks after New Year's was when we made the big uh, LeBron buy. And at that point, it was kind of it's kind of game over from there. So talk about the LeBron buy. So you bought. So one, which exact uh, moment is this Two, How did you come to the conclusion that this was, you know, something that was worth <laughs> buying, you know, from being, you know, I, I think because we see a lot of physical sports cards now going for astronomical amounts of money last in this past week, there was a Luca that went for like $4 million. Yeah. And so like, we've seen these in the physical space. Um, you know, the mantle went for 5.2 million, things like that. Um, but what was it that set triggers in your head that says, okay, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy the little bronze moment for 50 K. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that story. So Bales makes his 35k purchase and I Bales was at Fantasy Labs when I was at Action Network so I've been pretty familiar with him in that time. Um and so it was one of those warning signals or market signals of like okay someone just dumped a lot of money into this who I know he is a lot more money than me but you know he has <laughs> conviction on this platform. So I was kind of scaring around and like I personally didn't like the buy that he made. Like that was the largest 35K at the time. And I was like, John Morant 
like number one, I think sometimes, I mean, I'll talk about the moment we bought, but so that was like enough buyer confidence. And I think that's going to happen in the future where someone's going to come in with like five to 10 million and buy up a ton of the top stuff. That's going to be the next round of buyer confidence. But at the time, that's all I needed. And I saw the LeBron moment and it was kind of the perfect, like, I think it's the best moment on the platform. Obviously I'm super biased to it, but you've got the best player who's ever going to be on the platform. Uh, assuming that they don't really ever get MJ on there based off, you know, the MBPA and that relationship. Uh, you've got uh, 23 is not only LeBron's number, but it's Jordan's number. It's a special number. Like people recognize that. Another factor is uh, number one is going to be on the Genesis. It's going to be on the Platinum. Every moment ever is going to have a number one serial but only, you know, X amount are going to have the 23 for LeBron. Um, and then it was the most special moment, right? So on the platform at the time, like this isn't the best moment of LeBron's career, but honoring Kobe Bryant was just so crazy. It was scarce. So in a, in a way, to me, it's a one of one, even though there are 59 available. Um, so I was looking, number one was actually available for the same price at the time. And I probably should have bought both, which was offered to me by <laughs> Pranksy. But, you know, um, but so we chose 23 because of those those reasons that I mentioned. And I was going to buy it like I was going to buy it straight up for myself. I was going to sell a Bitcoin and like go all in. And I said to my friends, I was like, look, I'm buying this. So I don't really care. But if you want to get in, you want to be part of it, like feel free. Talk to like, you know, a bunch of them separately. They were all like they could hear it in my voice. They could hear it in my, you know, my body language. So we got we got a bunch of people in on it. And obviously they're like thrilled that I included them. I shouldn't have, but I did. Uh, I should not have. But um, yeah, most special moment on the platform to me of LeBron James. So uh, that's kind of how we got to that. So what do you you know, what do you think this could uh be potentially worth in the future if it, like what do you think the the future of top shot is versus you know what you might have in this moment here i really so when i first bought it i was going on a couple of podcasts that's how i got hooked up uh, with club top shot actually and i was said like it would be cool so Ravel called me to do the story and I'd worked with Ravel at Action Network. And he mentioned to me that Maverick Carter like was aware of the transaction. So that's really? LeBron's guy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so, right. so, so he was like, yeah, Maverick Carter has no fucking clue what just happened, but you know, he, he at least understands that something about LeBron happened. So from there, I put that in the group and we just kind of ran with this narrative of like, we're going to sell it to LeBron for a million dollars. Right. And, and and that felt at the time ridiculous. We had just made the biggest buy. Now I yeah. kid you not, like I we would not sell it for anything less than a million today. And like if it wasn't to LeBron James, I don't think we would sell it today for a million dollars. I really, it might sound stupid to a lot of people, but I really mm -hmm. do think that it's it's a well, million dollars. It moment. should be a million dollars and a signed Space Jam two jersey. That we the, the boys the boys in the group want courtside tickets, but uh yeah, we gotta figure out what else he can toss in. Um awesome. but yeah, I, I think that's what it's worth. 
I think the I think the mint condition needs to have, make a group buy of some kind. I don't know if we can afford the. Uh, I'm the, waiting for you to tell me tag. which ones. I'm waiting for you to tell me which ones you have in your back pocket that you didn't include <laughs> me on. Uh, I am currently I am currently uh, emptied my full clip on seeing stars, so I that, that's where I am right now. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but um, that's pretty cool. So. A million dollars to LeBron. So, yeah, of course, LeBron listens to this show. So, hopefully, he'll hit you up after, that, after this. Des, what do you think? You what, how, how do you feel about that buy? First off, I think the rationale why you chose 23, brilliant. You know, I, I've thought of many different reasons. And cos- I always love listening to you and Andy 8052 to discuss, you know, cosmics versus hollows. I think you win that argument every single time, especially now that there's hollow icons and it's just continuing. There's only (laughs) going to be, there's only going to be one, you know, set of cosmics hopefully. And uh, so, no, I think it's an incredible buy, obviously looking back. uh, I remember just getting started and seeing that and thinking that is buyer confidence. I mean, that is when you see something like that go, you're like, all right, well, if someone's willing to spend, you know, that much money on this moment, then the lower level moments are just going to pop eventually. So uh, it did a lot for the space. And then, you know, I, yeah, I just, I think it's a great, great buy. I love the rationale around the Genesis and the platinum ice moments, you know, having one, two, three. Yeah. It's is Is amazing. there a better card that you could have purchased? No. Right? The the argument at the time, I would say would be one or 23 of the cosmic LeBron. No, just but besides there's... the LeBron, like besides that particular oh. LeBron. Well, no, it's right? a different LeBron dunk. So oh, okay. ours is, yeah, ours is the Kobe tribute dunk and the Cosmic Hollow one are the um, dunk over the King. So it is a different play, which is okay. why, like, I was very specific to kind of select that one. You got to go yeah. Kobe tribute, especially Chad, that that's right up your alley. Like, I'm assuming it's the, it's the rock, rock the baby. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Okay. Yes, that's the one. Um, I'm just trying to so, think of like, what could possibly top that moment? Like what could come into the space when you think about running back moments? What could pop, it's going to take a lot. To, like, to a, top like, a, like a Kobe, like a Kobe walk off 81 or something like that. No, like that. no, it would, it would be, there's no doubt that his block in the finals uh, would probably be like his Holy grail moment of his career. Um, but the one on, I, uh, the one on Godala. Yeah. In the oh, finals. Godala, yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be, but there was no guarantee. And I don't think it would happen where it would be numbered to 59 or 49 or of three or, or whatever. Um, so that's why, like with the cosmic, you're betting on its first, which I think is a fair bet. But with the tribute, at least, like, think about all the Kobe LeBron fans that are now out there because he won a title in LA. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, someone just paid 4.6 for Luca and he hasn't won a playoff series. So, um, yeah. I, I think once you get over the tangibility, like, this is that's clearly more valuable than a Luca Doncich at least in my opinion. So talk about that, that piece, because I think that's really important to what we're, you know, trying to, to talk about in general is that tangibility versus um, the intangible. And why is it so hard for, you know, some, it, it either, it almost like it either clicks for you or it doesn't, or it just takes longer to click. Right. But there is, you know, there's obviously value in digital things. We see it all the time. But I think from a, a collectible piece, it's a lot harder to understand. So talk about that and why it was, you know, what your rationale is between the two. Because, um, you know, I saw Gary V say something the other day where it was basically, uh, and I, I really like this, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be 
this and you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, but, but talk about that tangibility piece. Cause I think that's so important. Yeah. Well, I think vintage takes a nice bump to this digital stuff, but I worry about the modern stuff. I worry about how many prisms were, were created, you know, in the 2018 or the 2019 and with, with blockchain and with crypto, everything's so transparent now. And we lived in a world where you didn't know anything, right? Um, all you have was a PSA pop report, which I don't even know if I trust that to be frank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I think the yeah it can be and for sure there's no doubt about it like there's and I think the people that think it's or are the people that feel very threatened and let me tell you if you feel threatened it's because you're over leveraged and the smartest thing you could have done when Top Shot popped up was gone five percent into Top Shot as a hedge and if it went to zero then your cards would have gone up and now clearly Top Shot's here to stay. Now, you know, you're kind of in a dangerous situation because you're holding a lot of Colin Sexton's pr Colin Sexton prisms. And it's just like, he's not that good. <laughs> so you're upset. Um, but I think, yeah, there's room for both without a doubt. I'm kind of done, to be honest, trying to explain to people like why it has value. Like, I'm just over that. Like, at this point, it's either just acknowledge that. A lot of people are spending a lot of money. So clearly there's a market for it. So like, I don't even feel the need to explain, hey, this is why, like you could just take a picture of the Mona Lisa, you know, all that jibber jabber. So I, I'm just now so confident in my position that this stuff is the future. That's why I ended up buying a crypto punk because I thought they looked dumb as hell at first. I learned, <laughs> you know, I learned to understand the value and, and I actually do find some of them cooler than others. But at the beginning, I was just like, NFTs are what my bet is. That's the first NFT ever. Um, so I wanted to be a part of that community as well. So Chad, so, as, he, as he was saying that, Chad, you put up the Kobe tribute dunk. The yeah. lowest, the current lowest ask yeah. is one hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars. So so far so good on on. What <laughs> yeah. are you gonna the, Go ahead. Look, I mean, there's one thing with Top Shot is like I would love to see a bid system so we could see true market value. I think Starstock does a really nice job of that. And I was trading on Starstock, which is so funny to hear, you know, millions of dollars being poured into that platform and the physical card world be so supportive when it's the exact same thing. You're never touching those cards. You just know for that sure. it, something's backing it. So I think for that reason, like that, that was enough. I was huge on Starstock. Um, and I still now, am. All my physical cards are going to start. I literally am sitting here with thousands of sleeved cards right next to me. They're all going to star stock. I'm not doing any physical stuff. The only thing I'm keeping are my slabs. And then everything else is going to is I already have 4,000, 5,000 cards on star stock. Yeah. And because uh, it's the same. It's I made the exact same analogy um, in the breaker culture discord, actually, because it feels the same. It's like, you don't need to be touching it. You know, something's backing it. And, and, you know, it's, it, it's all the things that it solves. It's instant. You don't have to, it's instant ownership. It's no backseas. You don't have to deal with eBay returns, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm with you, Des, you were going to say something before. So I hopped onto a clubhouse pretty early on, Jack, and, and you were talking about a project you had. And I just wanted to update because I thought it was so interesting talking about blending the physical and the digital world. Are you still involved in kind of creating a physical kind of, you know, digital screen that you can view your moments on, have on your desk, be reminded of what you have digitally in the physical world? 
Yeah, we we put out um, like the first iteration of it, like just a prototype. I tweeted it out. Um, so I have to share that with you if you didn't see it. But it was like yeah. a really not a crappy job, but, you know, a very early first a beta as Top Shot would like to say. Sure. Um, <laughs> so it could um, be there for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, you know, we got some feedback and we're definitely working through it. I think there's, I don't know if we'll end up being the one that like fully goes through with it because there's just a lot of people who have probably done a lot of stuff like that and a lot of money and a lot of time and energy because someone's going to win that space and it's not even going to be one person. It's just going to be like, there's going to be different options. People are going to want to display their stuff on digital and then like rainbow wallet for mobile i think does an amazing job and if you could tokenize these moments and share them in your wallet like i don't even know if i would want the display i think it would be for like a one moment thing but i wouldn't want you know hundreds of my moments cycling on a daily basis um so yeah that's kind of the update on that but i think there's absolutely like there will be displays that that have digital stuff in them in the future no doubt so you did mention, you know, you, you said something that I thought was interesting is you bought a crypto punk, right? And that yeah. was, it was because your bet was NFTs are the future. So um, when you say that, I, cause I think I agree with you as far as what's possible, what do you see as, you know, with Top Shot, what's possible with what we can do? Cause the, the other big, um, I think, negative uh you know argument we get with top shot or the digital is what's the utility right so what do you see as the possibility for utility with nfts and top shot in general i mean utility is pretty much where these things become the the monsters that they are so my favorite so like a big reason and a big push i had for you know even the lebron moment was because I watched my brother spend $500 a year on FIFA and building mm-hmm. his ultimate team. And I know kids who follow me spend thousands of dollars building their my team on 2K. So they're already doing this $6 billion last year for FIFA. And when FIFA 22 comes out, it's worth Zippo, you know? So it's like, people are already doing this. So you just have to create entertainment value out of it. And then people won't just look at it as investments or assets, which I think is interesting. And they had already announced that they were going to do hardcore. So that made me excited. I would love a partnership with 2K in the future. Like, I think that could be awesome. So that's one example. Um, People, uh, LG was talking about, um, like, Spencer Dinwiddie could do weekly Zooms with his fans Mm -hmm. who own 10 plus moments, right? So you take Patreon and you turn it into, like, a, a fully immersive experience. Uh, my favorite is like, I go to a Knicks game, I scan my ticket and a week later they drop a moment into my account from that game. It doesn't have to be worth anything, but it could be worth a dollar. So it could be traded, uh, if I forgot to scan my moment and go buy it, but now I have a digital passport. And I think that's funny. I have a whole box of when I, from when I was a kid that my dad saved all our ticket stubs. Right. And that's, that's what that is. And they're not worth anything really. I mean, maybe some of them are, but like, if you graded them because people are doing that these days but like you their their memories right their collectibles their uh place you had been and i think uh, also one of the other things uh, i heard was you know almost like a status right you you go to you go to a game and there's a top shot new york knicks lounge right like when that that would be kind of cool you own x amount of knicks moments you're in the top it's all like an airline lounge you know what i mean Um, i would own every freaking knicks moment (laughs) if i could sit you know like it's 
And and I think what is super cool about these things is you would then be able to trade off of them, right? So it's not just sinking the money into it because you can you can recoup money at a later date. I think that's, you know, coming from sports betting, right? I use the example of physical cards with Josh Allen and sports bet. If you bet Josh Allen to win MVP, win the AFC or win the Super Bowl, you lost three bets. If you bought his sports cards, you won huge, right? Because he just went up huge. So that the zero sum game is kind of less appealing to me. I've stopped uh, betting a ton on sports actually recently because it's I did just, the same thing. That's so right? funny. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, there, there's different use cases for it, but this is just a different way of kind of gambling in a safer way. Upside is capped to a degree, but the downside is also capped. So I, I've enjoyed that aspect of it too. Can we take a minute to just to reflect on uh, the Knicks season uh, for a moment? Incredible. We play the little bros tonight. I'm very I know. excited. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm a diehard Laker fan. So I've, I've obviously had nothing but, you know, nothing but great memories. I, I can't remember a season. I mean, we're, you haven't won a championship yet, but it's a, definitely a good season. This is probably the best season since like um, – since we had since '94, yeah. like when, when I when did uh, when no, did Allen Houston, when did Allen no. Houston uh, sink that shot? Like I'm just... that's a little low. That's a little low. Carmelo Anthony led the Knicks to a playoff series victory, but it's been but so I've been in New York for the past few years. There's no doubt that like a Jets, Giants, Super Bowl, Rangers, Islander, any of that, like it's split. The Knicks like have ninety nine percent. Oh yeah, be... oh, yeah. Like, there's a, an energy even around last year's draft or, or two years ago um, when I was here. So th- we're so excited in New York. I'm, so, and I'm, yeah, a, I'm, I'm a Knicks fan too, Jack. So I'm a Knicks fan too. So uh, I'm with you on that train for sure. So um, cool. I, I think, you know, that kind of covers a lot of what I wanted to talk about just from the, um, you know, your experience and your, your thoughts on the physical versus uh, top shot. You want to let's let's start getting into some top shot marketplace action here with uh, our boy Dez's data. So, um, Jack, I, I've heard you talk about you know you do have the uh, one of the holy grail moments, but I've heard you say on multiple occasions you suck at timing the marketplace. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. I mean, I liquidated my LeBron. Um, to buy in because I thought I was buying the dip and even that stuff's dipped. I bought seeing stars at its absolute peak. Not all right, not <laughs> not its absolute peak, but like because I knew you never buy right away and then it dropped and I was like, okay, I, I nailed it. I did, I did and then it dropped thing. even further. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not good at I'm not good at time in the market, but I do think I'm I'm solid at at least selecting the moments that make a lot of sense. And I think because we're so into it, people don't like realize that if you actually like sit down and listen and think th- through these things, it's super valuable, super plus EV time in it is like where it makes it look otherwise. But overall, like I would actually bet that 90% of people don't know badges are going to be on the site. Like hey, 90%. We're going to talk about that right now. That's a great Let's segue. Look at that. Wait, All right. What do we on. got? I did, I did have one question for Jack. Yeah, so if you had to pick, if you had to pick one moment to get into Top Shot, is it going to be Kai Jones's game ceiling Big 12 championship win for Texas? Which, gosh, I don't think you've ever, they never won the Big 12, right? Nope. Lost six First times. Half. Yeah. Right, Kai Jones' game ceiling victory, or, or is it McDonough versus Archibald Spalding 
three-pointer by none other than Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having your own moment would just be the coolest thing. Uh, like, it, has to, it has to be that. I'm trying to think what Texas, my best moment at Texas would be uh, Javon Felix beats uh, UNC on a buzzer beater. That was probably... I went, we didn't win a tournament game, and then we had the worst four years in uh, football history. So it was not a fun time at UT. How far you got them going in your bracket? I I actually haven't filled mine out yet. And ironically, I have Baylor winning it all. That is the one thing I have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's sad. That's funny. (laughs) All right. So uh, uh, which one do you want to start with there, Des? Let's do the three badges just because that's a great topic Jack brought up and, you know, Joe and I were talking or we were all talking, there's some big news, you know, with triple badges that I don't, at least a person like myself who been in the platform, we think they know a little bit. I totally missed out on this. And this was kind of a, a knowledge bomb that was dropped on me yesterday. And I think it just even goes to value the triple badges more. Um, but so what you're looking at just to set the stage here um, is basically all three badge rookies from the 2021 season. There is uh, one RJ Barrett, Nick's, I hope you own it, Jack, uh, three star, three badge rookie from, from last so season. Let's, it's the only three let's star. reset real quick. So yeah. let's just start at the very, very beginning. What are these badges? Why are they important? And what, you know, what's so special about them, right? And why does it go into a little bit about maybe making a smarter decision over one moment or another? Yeah. Well, the the irony to the whole thing is like the badges shouldn't affect anything. Like nothing actually changes with the most, you know what I mean? It's such a fun human behavior study, which is like you put this shiny bell on this product (laughs) that already existed. And now you say it's worth more when in reality, like nothing, it's very interesting. Well, it's, but like it draws the parallel to, you know, the physical sports cards with the RC logo. Right. So, and that's, uh, you know, when I, when I think about, you know, what I, that's what everybody chases in the sports card hobby. It's the rookie cards, right. Or, or vintage, right. Like you're not your third year, fourth year, fifth year LeBron are not what really people are looking for. It's their, they're the rookie cards, right. So that's what these badges are, right. So there's going to be three badges potentially for each rookie uh, as well as people's first moments right so if it's your first moment you'll have a badge if it's your rookie debut game it'll be a badge and if it's minted in your rookie year it'll have a badge correct so when we say when we say three badge moment for these rookies that means they qualify this specific moment has all three of those where another moment in the same series may only have two or one but so you kind of start to see there might be a little hierarchy built within some moments within the same series, which I think is important because of how many moments are going to end up being on the platform in the long run, right? Like it's, so how do you make a decision on, or how does Top Shot even start to uh, tier levels of interest, right? After series one, which obviously has just a straight up mint run advantage, right? So that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about these moments. So now we can go back to, to, 
you know, what we're, what's important about them. Go ahead, Des. And, and to add to that, you know, the, the reason I, I don't think that, and Jack's right, you know, when the three badges come, it's not going to make the moment look so much cooler. It's not going to be the best, you know, badges you've ever seen out, outperform the RC logo. But what I think the value lies in is a little bit of scarcity. And we'll talk about that. There's going to be a lot of two-star moments in a rookie's season, but there's only going to be one three-star. Um, and so that, that the scarcity aspect, I think, adds a lot. But I think, honestly, the functionality of just being able to search for three-star rookies and mm -hmm. two-star rookies is going to be massive. As soon as they add that to the marketplace as a tag, I think that'll do more for the rookies than, than anything we could talk about here today. Um, so I think once they add that functionality and then make it easy for users who just joined the platform to find rookies, I think that'll be huge. Awesome. So you've put together some really cool information here. So what we're seeing, uh, and for those of you who are listening on the podcast version, we have a list here of all of the, the triple badge rookies. So, you know, just to run through who those are really quickly, you know, you've got LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Halliburton, Wiseman, quickly, like Patrick Williams, Obi Toppin, Cole Anthony. Those are kind of your top rookies by by lowest ask right now and by market cap, right? And then, um, you know, anybody who's got a 4,000, uh, the rookie moment out of 4,000, that's what we're talking about in this specific scenario. Is that correct, Des? That is correct, yeah. We're only looking at the 4,000. So uh, like Sam Merrill, awesome moment out of 12,000, not his debut in the NBA. We're not talking about that. So we're just talking about all the the first debut game moments. So that's a quick way for you to, if you're, if you're just looking for, you know, and not seeing this list, it's how do I, how do I know and identify before the moment come, badge comes right before the badge comes, how do I identify which ones those are going to be? And it's going to be the ones that are minted especially just in series two out of four thousand right so you did mention that rj barrett one is the only one which i think is very interesting and special and i'm trying to upgrade to one um <laughs> in in series one now what is what is interesting about that rj barrett one is and i think this is what you were alluding to a little bit des is in series one all of the rj barrett moments that are from that debut game will get that three badges is that correct yeah that is correct yeah they're the mgle the the base um and then why can't i think of the other one uh, hollow hollow okay yeah yes. they're all so, gonna get the three badges and that's because they're they're actually the same moment they're just different tiers and different mints which is what we were discussing the other day i was listening to uh the non-fun gerbils podcast from a while back where uh alan came on he's one of the game designers from uh from dapper and he said the reason they did that in series one where they repeat moments just at different mint levels was originally the thought was to mimic the physical sports card world where you have parallels, right? So there was going to be a base, there was going to be, you know, the MGLE, and then a different, you know, more rare parallel. And the feedback they got was it didn't really hit with the video moments, right? So that's why you see repeat moments in series one. And it wasn't because they didn't have moments. It was because they were trying to mimic the physical sports card world of parallels, which I think is pretty interesting. But so that does make the RJ Barrett one, it's the only three badge rookie in series one. Two, there's going to be three different variations you could buy that have, um, you know, 
through that have that three badge. And then lastly, it would be uh, you'll notice that that one, even though the it's minted higher than the other the other moment of RJ Barrett, it's priced higher, right? And that's because I think those badges are priced in. What do you think of that? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people don't know about the badges, but I think a lot of people do as well, um, and especially maybe the higher price collectors. Um, so yeah, it, it's factored into some extent. That's why I said you know the biggest impact it will have is so that other people can find it easily sure. and have that knowledge. And Jack, what do you are the badges going to be something that you are in, that are important to you making decisions going forward, or, or you know, because you kind of seemed like you, yes and no, right? Yeah, they're huge. I mean, they're huge. I would say I hold a couple uh, RJ hollows. That's the one benefit in being a Knicks fan was I was just shamelessly <laughs> buying him coming off a, a really bad season, to be frank. And now he's playing out of his mind. And I'm not, you know, I wouldn't even consider letting that go before he he gets his three badge the most interesting badge to me because series two is a lot more three badges is actually the Giannis run it back mm. so you see the Giannis run it back sitting at around the same price as Kevin Durant Kevin Durant you know he he has his accolades to his name not as many MVPs obviously Giannis feels like he has you know more time to grow into his career KD's established and we know who he's going to be he can tack on accolades but he's not you know his rep around the league Giannis can still kind of change how people view him um so it's pretty interesting to see them priced at the same time and Giannis is going to get that rookie tag and for anyone from the physical space coming in that to me will be massive is you're owning a Giannis rookie when we don't have any KD rookies LeBron rookie right any of those could those come yes but like if you look at all the rookies in the league it's like Giannis up here and then Lamelo ball is next but he's like you know miles of miles away so maybe that's the one we should group by uh guys so (laughs) i I was i was looking to trade for one of them because i really do think and plus uh i mean look i was walking around dallas this weekend selling some Giannis because i was just liquidating some modern stuff and people do not like Giannis. they buy very heavy into this playoff narrative which is fair to this point he hasn't proven it, but one run from him and it unlocks top five player ever potential. Now it's a big if, but how many players in the league can you say could be top five players ever? It's like him and LeBron. It's literally like it's two people. It's not Luka Doncic. It's not LaMelo Ball. It's not Durant. Like Giannis is the only one who is top five. Could potential. be LaMelo. Chad, it's not Chad, LaMelo Ball. You, what it's do you, not LaMelo Ball. Chad, what do you think about that? Giannis top five potential? I'm talking potential. I'm not potential. saying potential. I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, I agree. No. He does have the potential to do it. I don't think he has the when you talk top five, on top of the skill, on top of the size, on top of the physical attributes, on top of the longevity of career, you need to also have that killer instinct. <laughs> rings hundred percent. Um, but you also have the killer instinct, and the killer instinct kind of gives you the ring. You know what I mean? A lot, a lot of the time. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kobe. LeBron, you know, to people See, are dogging, that's the thing that people are you know, dogging LeBron on it, but he's he's a killer now, you know. He's, it, he's but in that that's list. the thing, he became a killer once the ring came, and also once he was taught by Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley, you 100%. know, like so. That, that's why I just say his potential that I don't think you know, there's 
there's no debate. And LeBron, remember, he was, I mean, he's the best three-point shooter in year 17 and 18, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm not saying Giannis ever gets to that point, but if he improves incrementally year by year, if he wins a title this year, he'll have won a title at the same time as LeBron James, which is crazy. In the grand he, yeah. he definitely has the physical attributes to be able to get into a top five all-time player. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. 100%. So Des, his, his road is a lot harder now. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Especially with the Knicks, man. Especially with the Knicks. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's better, he better go west. Man. That's all I have to say. So, so Des, just uh, recapping that first, uh, that first three badge rookie moments here. Based on the data that you've put together, where do you see potential value uh, in maybe picking up some of these that might be, you know, a little underpriced? Sure. You, you only yeah, have to no. tell me once. I, I, I don't. It doesn't take me three times. Just tell me which one to buy. I'll buy right now. Yeah, you're gonna market <laughs> buy whichever one it is. <laughs> it, it's 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 actually an obvious one, and I, I never say this, and I get to use the whole "I'm not a financial advisor" uh, claim. Yeah, but uh, of course, right? We're gonna I would definitely that. buy. Killian Hayes. Um, just if you look what happened with Kevin Porter Jr. and him coming off an injury and what his moments have done since hearing that, or since KPJ came back from um, uh, the G League, um, it's going to happen the same way with Killian Hayes. He did not have a career ending injury and he'll be back, uh, I think, towards the end of March. And he's a great rookie. He's a top seven pick. Uh, he's versatile with the ball. He's international, which I love that appeal. Um, and I think, yeah, Killing Hayes is an automatic buy right now at the price he sits um, because of the boost you're automatically going to get once he starts playing again. Oh. So that's that's the one I love, to be honest. Chad, did but, you just buy it? It's some in the midst. I'm going to buy it after the show. Yeah, so on our, old, on our other show, uh, Chad is known for literally just buying at whatever, whenever somebody tells him to buy something on the show, he does. Uh, Chad, you also <laughs> need to run the, uh, when you are done buying that run the this is not financial advice ticker on the bottom of the screen <laughs> and then, so, so people know but that, i i think you know how you get around it like the name of our show is uh the mint condition digital collectibles entertainment if you put entertainment on the end of anything you yeah, automatically okay. you automatically don't ever have to say it's financial it's not financial what about advice. what about if we name the show financial advice entertainment that <laughs> that's a fun that's way to get around segment. it okay <laughs> jack what do you think of that what do you think of that play my dad's yeah, it's not it's not a bad play. The only question is, and I learned this in Dallas this weekend, and it's really going to change a lot of my philosophies. Top shot, maybe it's a little more complex, but at the end of the day, the players I want to own are like really good basketball players. And Killian, I mean, he's played like 10 games. So I think you could see a bump just by him coming back and being in the news. There's no doubt about it. But what I learned was like, even the medium level or the above average players, like, there's less liquidity on them because like, they're not that good at the end of, you know, they're not the people, people you'll never have a problem selling LeBron James or LaMelo ball right now, you know? So for that reason, the player, like the rookie that I love is Halliburton because I think he's, he could be the most special rookie in the whole class and he is more expensive, but he's, you know, if he yeah. is the second best rookie, he's, so I think both, I think, you know, it's, it's a great option. I just don't know how I don't watch enough Killian Hayes to actually know his play, but based off him coming back, I think he'll, he'll definitely receive yeah. a bump. No, I agree. Uh, you know, looking at value, I think is what the chart is meant for, right? I, I created it off basically a DFS model where you can quick scan for, you know, green lines and, and find the values. And so, but I think long-term investments, if you're not looking to flip and, and really kind of hold these players, I, 
can't agree more. Tyrese Halliburton's massive. If you want another reason to go buy one right now, because Edwards just had that monster 34-point game, he's actually above uh, Tyrese Halliburton right now, which is for the long term insane. So I think, you know, absolute value there. I was lucky to pack a uh, Rising Stars uh, Halliburton out of uh, Saw that. That's uh, awesome. That. So good that for was, you. That was great. I think you both, I think you make good points, right? There's, and I think that's what's really interesting about Top Shot. And it is a, a market in the sense that there's different strategies, right? Like, you know, Jack's saying, hey, this is, I'm going more long-term hold type of deals. This is what I'm going to park my money in and not really have to pay attention to it. Whereas Dez's play is more, okay, I'm going to be involved and engaged in the market. And when this pops, I'm out, right? Like, I think that's, uh, that's, and it really just depends on how you want to play it. Personally, for me, I do, I do a little of both, right? So I like to be engaged and I like to try to find those quicker flips. And so I'm interested in stuff like that while my whole goal is to color up, right, eventually. So um, I think that's really interesting. Uh, Chad, what do we got for our next graphic here? All right, um, I'll pull up. You know what? I'd like to talk about, because I feel like I made a mistake, uh, just getting back to what Jack was saying earlier. I, I have trouble timing these purchases. Um, in, our in our group chat, everybody was getting excited about the um, Seeing Stars uh, challenge. So I thought we could bring up the challenge tracker. And I really like this. Um, because you guys brought up some points. You guys are a little bit more familiar just with, you know, with, with top shots and with, you know, the, the trading collectibles and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And, and the, the amount of um, units per card is, is a big factor in that. And when we were chatting in our group chat, you were, you were saying, yeah, only, it, you know, only the completed challenges will, you know, will, will decide what the mint is. And I think that plays a big factor in, whether you should load up on like what I just did is, you know, I literally purchased every single all-star uh, this past weekend. Um, and I'm just sitting and I, I've, I've lost a little value off of the top, if I'm being honest. Uh, but maybe can you walk us through what the life cycle of a challenge looks like? Des. Is that for me or that's, that's for sorry, for Des, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a roller coaster. Um, any challenge so far will tell you uh, there's a lot of interest and excitement out the gate and you know it, it rises to a pretty good peak and then you know obviously right before it's interesting early challenges like in december and january they you know they would actually kind of fall a little bit as towards it was closing out um and then now you have it oddly stay pretty high even though everyone's moments are just going to you know, fall off a cliff um, after after the reward gets minted. And so that's what you see. You see this giant bell curve um, uh, right around the, the close of uh, of the challenge. So it's, it's interesting. It's hard. It's a hard thing to time. That's the one thing that, you know, we can build all these models and, and based off historicals, but every challenge is different. The reward draws better interest. The, you know, the dollar to complete the challenge is different. So it's it's a really hard thing to guess at, but um, you know. So Jack, it seems to me just based on our conversation here that you probably are not a, a challenge guy, I would think. So yeah, it's so funny. Um, once again, timing the market, just terrible. Like I thought when the 4,000 Lamellos came out, I was like, why are there so many of these? Like these are not gonna be worth anything. Oops, okay, 35K mint in series two. <laughs> uh, 
and same thing with challenges. It felt like everyone would do them. And I was like, these are not going to be valuable or worth it. And I got lucky because I don't know what I bought a bunch of run it backpacks when they came out. So I was pretty close to completing them. So I was just like, oh, 34 bucks for DeMarcus Cousins or 42 for and like those are worth thousands of dollars, you know, so I literally got lucky that I just had some dapper bounds and like wanted to complete those. And I hadn't completed anything till the seeing stars. Um, And then when I sold my LeBron, I wanted to do the seeing stars because what I found interesting was the seeing stars challenge, not only collecting studs, but the reward are the two best players in the league right now. So I did want to load up on the LeBron side of it, and I bought the KD side so far. I know I need to buy the LeBron side before they announce the LeBron challenge, but we'll see. Like, we'll see. I don't think there's been a challenge to date yet that's been uh, negative EV, but um, it feels like, you know, at some point, not every challenge is going to be or else everyone's just going to keep doing them. So it's really the challenges are super interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, let's let's quick wrap up with Jack here uh, before he's got to go. I We did mention at the top that we bought you a gift for coming on the show as our first <laughs> guest. We know we know that you're a Knicks fan. So we uh, we and I'm I'm a huge Emmanuel quickly fan as well. Have you 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 also mentioned that you bought a crypto punk? Have you heard of crypto dunks? I have, I have. I like the crypto dunks. I love the crypto dunks. So Chad, why don't you show him what we purchased him today? We got you an, yes. an immaculate quackly crypto dunk. That oh, that's we... a great nickname. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we got you an immaculate quackly. So uh, these look like uh, crypto punk. They're pixelated versions of, uh, I guess, they're parody NBA players. And we knew we knew Jack would appreciate uh, appreciate that. So thank you for coming on our show, Jack. We are, we'll get this over to you with your uh, ETH address. Just pop it to me in a DM, and um, you know we 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 wanted our give you a uh, a literal token, a digital token of our appreciation. <laughs> no, it's a non fungible token. I yeah. appreciate it. And you know what? Before I go, is so crazy is like that is NFTs, right? Which is like you're going to be able to engage with people in a completely different way. Um, and instead of you guys like Venmoing me, you know, whatever that costs, like that's a super cool token. I'm never going to resell it unless it goes to, you know, $2 million. <laughs> you should absolutely um, never know. <laughs> resell it, I'll, I'll distribute uh, your, original, your original investment. I'll, I'll take the profits. Jack's going to uh, go right off of here and tweet that he has it for like 10 ETH. And it has- <laughs> Josh Hart did it. Josh Hart did it. Uh, but yeah, I think NFTs are really cool like that. But I do appreciate you guys for having me. Super fun to talk. And uh, we could always talk for hours about this stuff. So I hope to be Absolutely. back on in the future. For awesome. sure, man. Thank you very much, Thank Jack. You. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. All right. So let's let's get our uh, what a last... Guy. Uh, yeah, it, dude, that was I awesome. Mean, it was <laughs> for your first guest to have Jack Settlement. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah, great. he was uh, a really great to have on, and um, just super down to earth, which is great. I mean, uh, he's light years ahead of where I was at that age too. So, <laughs> uh, you know, now that my uh, now that you see all my my face and your face chamber, they know we're old guys. So, um... <laughs> I bought some beer dye today, so we're good. Now, there you go. <laughs> Take care. Do of we that. all? So we got one more piece of data here that we wanted to cover. Yeah, let's do it. 100%. I have the uh, 25 under 25. Yeah, so I think this is. Talk about this. This was fun. Yeah. 
I think this is a super important list. I put it together towards the end of last week and updated it yesterday, but it's the top 25 players based on a couple different stats, um, but under the age of 25. So when you look at the longevity of Top Shot, where it's going, who of these will be the superstars we talk about, you know, five years from now? Um, you know, they're, they're that of age where they can really come into themselves. They can get traded to better teams. They can become superstars. They have talent right now. Um, so I think it's a really interesting list, especially if you look at, you know, the future um, and maybe a little bit longer hold than just say a quick flip. So, um, so that's at, what you have here. Yeah. And you're, you know, at the top where we're talking about um, potential value for top shot here and, and where you might find some value in plays, you know, obviously there's some huge price tags up at the top. You got uh, Zion, up over 7,000. You got John Morant at six, uh, 6,000, which I've been trying to color up into that moment. I want that one. I don't know why, but I do. Um, Luca at 5,400. And then you got, you know, uh, this year's or the, this year's phenom LaMelo ball at 3,000. Then there's a pretty big drop down in price. You got Tatum at 16, Donovan Mitchell at, at round 14, Devin Booker at 13, Halliburton, which we just talked about at 1,200, uh, SGA at 925, which I think is actually a pretty interesting one. Um, where do you see some value on this list and why? Sure. So just even, like I said, doing the quick scan, f- trying to find the green, trying to find the value, um, you know, I think some some in the middle that could have potent, real good potential upside. The one thing I try to keep in mind is the mint size, and I try to balance that with the lowest price, right? Because there are some very big differences in mint size. Some are in the 1400s, some are in the 4000s. Right, and so that, have, that's what it's affecting that price tag too, potentially on some of them. Exactly. So I always like to look at market cap as kind of the great equalizer. Um, it depends on what you like, because a lot of people, especially in the traditional you know, physical card world loves to stay away from the big men, right? Big men don't sell as much as guards, power forwards, small forwards. Um, So, you know, if you, let's say, if you're looking for a guard, I still think Darren Fox is a great buy. He's one of the most heavily touted by Gary V, who I know we talked about early on before. So he has some following around it. He's at a really good price. Um, I think it says on the screen, it's at 670. Um, so that's that's a really good value. You look at his points per game, uh, that's impressive. You can see that bright green at 23 points per game, um, especially look at the people around him. That's considerably a bit higher. Um, so I like Darren Fox. I like Aiton. Didn't Aiton just have like a massive sale? Yes, he did. To some, okay, to some yeah, NBA player, some, right? Yeah. It's, uh, that was Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes, was, yeah. Harrison Barnes bought it. Who, by the way, of all the active NBA players, Harrison Barnes owns the most moments. Does he really? Yes. He got that back contract. By far, by far owns the most moments. Uh, Josh Hart, I think, just opens his packs and sells them. Josh Hart's not going to get the Nike deal. You know, he's got to make his money. Um, (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm looking at this list. The one that's jumping out at me is Ben Simmons at 889. 13 uh, men size 1359 Joel B just is 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 going to be done for a while if not mm-hmm. maybe the rest of the season uh being as fragile as he is and not an MVP candidate in my opinion um I think Ben Simmons is going to shine he looked great last night in his first game they demolished uh their opponent I forget who it was but they beat him by like 35 40 points 
Uh, and Ben Simmons looked great. I, I, you, am I wrong there? Do you, is there some upside in, in your You know opinion? what? It's, I think there is some upside. It depends on how you look at it. I'm a huge Ben Simmons investor, so I'm pumping my bags for sure if I, I talk about it. But um, Not financial you know, advice ticker. That's, that's right. <laughs> but I think a lot of the reason also that I invested early on in Ben Simmons is because they were so hot and Bede was playing pretty well and they could actually have a title run. And so now that he's injured, you just never know how that affects it. And I think people are taking that into account when they lower the value. So I think it is a really good opportunity <laughs> to pump this fast. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's funny. So, that's I, you know, what I think is interesting about this, and I think as the um, platform develops, we're going to see more if – on court play has that big of an impact on prices, right? Like uh, there's a ton of DFS guys that have come over and that makes me think yes. Right. So, so doing analysis like this will be really important in the future to gain an, an edge. And I'm just curious to see your thoughts on that Des, as far as what you've seen so far, where you see, if you see that continuing um, and, and how people, you know, might be able to gain an edge like that uh, going forward. Yeah, I mean, you're going to try to do it either two ways. Um, and Jack talked about it. You're either going to try to, and you as well, you're either going to color up and try to get the best quality, best moments you can and sit on them and watch them grow and bet on the platform. At that point, you're really betting on the long-term uh, success of Top Shop, which is great because I think it's here to stay. I think it's Agreed. great at dealing with the inefficiencies of the physical market. We talked all about it, but... So that would be, you know, betting long-term on the success of, of Top Shot. If you're looking to flip, you got to find value and you got to find the catalyst. You got to foresee the catalyst that's going to spike these. And sometimes it's, you know, a big game, but sometimes it's the badges coming out. Sometimes, um, you know, it's coming back from an injury. So you really have to think like what in the future is going to spark interest, spark demand for this certain player, get them at a good value and ride that out. And don't be afraid to cash out. A lot of people talk about paper hands in this era and diamond hands. You know, you should be you should be selling hype and you should, you know, be buying panic. That's kind of what I always say. Anytime there's panic in the market, for some reason, people do things that they shouldn't be doing. Take advantage of that. Buy in the dip. And then when the hype builds up, let loose. And so I think I think that's what you're going to do. The reason why I changed the formats of these charts 50 times is because I wanted a quick way to scan it. And I think I've settled on something good where you can quick scan and find the values. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. But there's there's sure. multiple ways to, to go about it. I think patience is huge too, right? Like that's, I think, one of the things that I've learned so far, just like any other market, but patience is huge. Watch these cycles happen a couple times so you know what's going to happen uh, in the future or at least can make educated guesses on that, right? So, uh, Ch <laughs> Chad, what do you got up on I have one right question. Now? Yeah. <laughs> so my boy, THT, got his first moment, uh, I think in the last, in the I think maybe in the uh, pre-sale packs. Yes. I don't yes. know if it was before that. I, I, that's when I could. That, that's when he was popping up for me, at least. Um, I, I can't watched this. This moment is one hundred and forty dollars. One hundred and forty dollars. I bought it uh, for eighty dollars. Is it? Is it that scarce though? No. Well, it is. So it is, and it. So it. It's out of twelve thousand versus you know what's coming with the the new ones are mostly uh, thirty five thousand, and that's because it's his first moment. 
So this is going to get his first, this is going to get his first moment badge that we were talking about. And, you know, is it, uh, Des, what are your thoughts on THT here? It's tough with all the new moments coming out. You really do. And this is where sites like Crypto Slam, Evaluate.Market are so important because you got to check how many have been released in packs, right? That was what I was going to um, say. And there's in, in my chart, there's usually a number or percent listed. That is so important to, to keep in mind because if you have, you know, like exa- example, Emmanuel Quickly, phenomenal player, great player but his number percent listed is so much lower than a lot of the three-star rookies that have been out for so long that naturally he's going to have an elevated price. So you kind of have to wait, you know, wait around until a lot of the the moments get distributed before you pull the trigger. Um, I'm not sure where, I'm not sure where THT stands as far as I know he's only 12,000 and I know the pre-order pack had quite a few of them, but it'll be interesting to see how many get released. I'd like, I would like an update on the next episode, please. Yeah, we'll get it for you. What, I and, mean, that and does, the fact your that, THT. does the fact that Caruso is also in the moment elevate the price? Because it absolutely should. <laughs> for sure. Um, what uh, What'd you say you bought it for, Chad? I bought it for $80 the other day. All I right, thought I was overpaying. Yeah, Good I thought I was overpaying. I'm like, I don't care. I YOLO it into a THT. That's amazing. But I also right, have I like think... a $1,500 Caruso moment that is hemorrhaging money. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we have one more order of business. I don't one know more, what... that's it. You you know what I'm talking about, right? I do know. I do okay, know. Okay, I so wasn't was... sure if you had it available because we didn't talk about it before the show. So um, yeah, yeah, I got, I got we, we were lucky enough, uh, one, to have Des with us be doing all this data. And Des is giving a gift to the people today. Yes. Um, so, so we have last week we gave away the Steph Curry, which we actually technically still haven't given away because gifting has been off the whole. Do you week. want to, uh, update on that too? Cause it sounds like maybe gifting might be up sooner rather than later. Yeah. Gifting's going to be up. Uh, they said hopefully by today, but it sounds yep. like, but definitely by the time this episode drops tomorrow. Um, and, uh, so we will get all those giveaways out. So Des, what are we giving away here? We're giving the Zion away. It's one of, I mean, gosh, you talk about upside potential. Um, Zion does have, I mean, you look at his numbers, where he's at compared to LeBron, MJ, as far as points early on in his career. He had half a season really last season. Um, you know, the upside is there. So I wanted to give one of the kind of, you know, bright stars of the league. So it was it was hard to pick, but I, I chose Zion. I do love Jaw, but Jaw doesn't have uh, this set of moments. So uh, it's a Zion to, I think it's like 7,000, I believe, 7,589. Yeah, awesome. Um, so yeah, it's from the base head to 35K, but uh, happy to do it. You guys have been awesome. Thank you for having me. Hope I can provide stuff going forward and in, in charts anytime you need them. Uh, but it's been a pleasure. For sure. So, uh, Chad, you going to run the giveaway here? Yes, I am. I'm going to pull it up right now. We didn't have quite as many entrants this time, but we had over 100 again, which is I feel like we had a good amount. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. One second here. We had 118. Nice. Oh, is All it? Right. No, one second. Is it showing? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> this is my first <laughs> row. It's, it's only my, my second episode, so I got to go, uh, go easy on me here. All right. So, we had 118. I have it set up where... Uh, we're going to have one winner and then three backups just in case for whatever reason the first one doesn't work or if it's one of us or somebody that we know or somebody that we don't want to give it to. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but here we go. We're going to start it off. We're going to have a five Decentralization. <laughs> I am the CZ here. Um, so we have a winner. Oh, nice. And he has a hash mask as a, as a logo. Which is, oh, there you go. See, dude, oh, we have such a good crypto following. That's the thing. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> this is going to Revan three five seven two eight one one zero. Definitely a real person and not a Russian agent. Um, <laughs> so who are, who are our backups? Our here backups to be on the safe side. We have uh, Ignorer. Uh, we have Mark Mercier and MD Border. So maybe Doctor Border. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but that's who we have. Um, and uh, yeah, so we will. We will contact Revan and see if he is available with a Top Shot account. And Make we'll him do a capture because I'm not I'm not sure that he's a real person. There's uh, <laughs> a lot of digits on that back of that. <laughs> make, him, make him go through and pick the bicycles or the school Put it in the H. Put it in the H. Awesome. So that we have one more one more quick announcement for the show. We actually, I think, are going to be doing another short episode this week. We're going to kick off a little social media uh, actionable campaign here. We're going to be doing uh, Moment Madness. So we are uh, going to be coming back with a quick live show to go through the brackets. What I did was I took the top 64. I took a snapshot today of what the top 64 moments on the platform are by lowest ask. So they're going to be what in theory should be the most iconic moments on the platform by lowest ask. And I seeded them out in four brackets and we're going to put those moments out for Twitter polls and uh, match them up against each other. You guys will vote. And throughout the course of the next two weeks, we will get down to a final four, which will show all the moments on next week's show. And that should be a lot of fun. We're going to just uh, go through tomorrow and and kind of name the or kick off the bracket and then we'll be out on twitter doing polls so keep an eye out for that um des is going to put together a cool little graphic for us to keep track of the bracket and uh that should be fun i'm actually excited to see what is going to win out is it going to be the moment is it going to be the set is it going to be the player what do you think des for you saw the bra uh, peak of the bracket what do you think well i mean with a few exceptions, and I should actually do this list of where the the moment itself outpaces what scarcity and value it should have. You know, I'm talking the Vince Carter moment, talking yeah. about LeBron. Right. That's on there. Um, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. I think this fan base has a lot of Canadian following, and mm. I'm gonna go with my pick is Vince Carter's or Vince Carter's three pointer last Whoa. last shot. Yeah. Wow. You think that's going to take it all down? I like that pick. I like it. Um, Canada. I think I can't remember exactly. I think it ended up being a three or four seed in the bracket. Don't quote me on that. But so it's very possible. Um, Chad, what, what are you? I'm going to now. De I, I, I forgot to ask you. Are you Canadian? Does? No, it seems no, like everyone on these things are. But no, so Chad, is, Chad is I am, Canadian. I am Canadian. And <laughs> as a Canadian. I don't think Canada likes Vince Carter as much as you think he might. He left. <laughs> he left on bad terms. Uh, you, oh. know, you know, yeah, not not good. Um, I don't know who the Canadian kind of favorite would be, uh, but I, I wouldn't necessarily put Vince Carter at, at, at as in higher regards in Canada uh, as you might think. Yeah, I think, in, in my opinion, as a uh, not as a Raptor fan, but I think Raptor fans 
probably put Kyle Lowry ahead of Vince Carter, realistically. <laughs> wow. I'm not even joking. Like that's wow. I'm not a joke. Uh, okay. Probably Chris Bosch too. Um ahead of Vince. Um Chris so Bosch who's is your... Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech grad right there. So I have to give that shout out. <laughs> oh made it to the tournament. Got... Made it to the tournament. I was gonna say nice. congrats on your ACC championship. And uh I, I hope you have a first round victory. Um I, I might have to pick them in the first round just based on knowing now Appreciate that you, it. Or you. That you went nice. there. Oh, yeah, um, the uh so I'm going to go with, I'm going to take chalk and I think I'm going to, but again, maybe not chalk because it's not the cosmic. I'm going to go with the LeBron tribute dunk or the Kobe tribute dunk. I think yeah. that one might be there. Um, but so we'll, we'll kick off the bracket tomorrow. We'll go down and, and, and name all the moments and then we'll get those Twitter polls out. They're going to be fun. We've done it with our crypto podcast and uh, it was a lot of fun to have people vote on that stuff. We'll, We'll tweet it out with links to each moment so you can actually watch the moment and uh, awesome. stuff like that. But that's going to do it for us. Chad, any parting words? No, just make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, on um, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, mostly Twitter and TikTok, um, at the Mint Con. So the Mint C-O-N-D. Uh, it's all the same at everyone. So uh, try to stay brand loyal or at least uh you know at least uh yeah we got a we got a crappy handle but at least it's the same everywhere it's the same everywhere it's the same crappy one no matter where you go um so yeah just follow us there um yeah if if you're listening on spotify or apple uh make sure to subscribe leave us a five star review on apple if you are listening to us you can actually watch us on youtube through uh bench clear media uh, which the link will be in uh, in the description. If you're doing the reverse of that, if you're watching us and you feel like listening, you can listen to us on all the major podcast network, you know, podcast listeners. I don't know what they're called. Podcasting <laughs> machines. Wherever you listen to your podcast. My dad told me, my dad told me the other day I had to mail something physically. Like my tax, <laughs> he was like, oh, you can submit your tax return physically. I'm like, what? How do you do that? Uh, like, I don't even know what that is. How do you do that? So yeah, do you, uh, anyway, all right. To finish that. But, fellas, I think a uh, great show. Thanks to Jack Settlement for being uh, pretty awesome there. So uh, a great first guest to have. And we will be back next week with more with episode three of the Mint Condition. And until then, stay mint.